Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, Executive Recruiter, Director of Recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And today I am super excited because we have with us the voice that you're very familiar with. She does all of our intros and outros for the podcast. And so I want to welcome Melanie Murphy to the show today, voice actor and keynote speaker. Melanie delivers the right sound high-quality audio, and quick turn around to her voiceover clients, empowering their brand and helping them make a lasting impression. In fact, when I asked her to do our intro, I had no idea what I was asking her to do. And she was so gracious to say yes and do it. And then I was like, well, can you just do this? And she goes, just give it to your people. They'll know what to do with it. <laughs> when she's not behind the microphone recording voiceovers, she works with sales teams and executives to help them fine-tune their voice image so that they communicate clearly and effectively, which you have done with my team, Melanie. Thank you for joining me today. I am so excited to have you here. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here with you. You know, it's not only that you are a voiceover image coach and that you've come in and you've helped with my team with the Lunch and Learns, but you've also, you're a pretty good friend. You. That means a lot. <laughs> I agree. You're my friend. I will. So I was telling someone the story earlier today, and we'll get into it a little bit more later. But for my birthday, you gave me a confetti gun. I bleed confetti. I can't believe that. If we're gonna celebrate something, it probably needs confetti, glitter, and most likely champagne. Oh, most likely champagne. So, well, the funny story is, and I don't know if I've told you this, but. We, um, and, and you had warned me it was loud and it made a mess. Two of my favorite things. So we were in the office one day and one of the girls got mad at one of the partners. Not really mad, but just kind of fake mad. And so she walked in there and she's like, you're going to talk to me like that? She pulled out the confetti gun and shot it. He fell out of his chair. And I was recording it the whole time. I mean, it was the best moment. The best mess. <laughs> the best surprise. So, Melanie, tell us, how did you get into this career of being, and what is a voiceover image coach, whatever you do? Right. Thank you. I have whatever it is you do. <laughs> you do a lot. <laughs> I, I have two different sides of my business, if you will. Okay. All in this under the same umbrella. I'm a voiceover actor, so I help companies with their commercials and their, their branding videos and their phones and their podcast intros and things when they need it to sound either polished mm -hmm. or like everyday person talking, but knowing that it's got a good solid sound to it. So I get hired to do that and I love that part. And then I also help people with their voice image, which is all of us are communicating, whether it's positive or negative, some unspoken things and our voice image helps communicate those things. So I help people communicate all of the positive things they're really looking to put out there. I love that. And I think that I've, I've got to remember the percentage because it's been a while since you came out and worked with a team, but you know, we're on the phones most of the time. And I know I have a big old sticker on my desk now that says, quit saying so. <laughs> One of my filler words. Did I tell you that? Yes, <laughs> you did. Um, but I knew it too because yes. I mean, but then I started ticking it when I was on the phone and I was just like, this is ridiculous. But I know that, you know, probably 90% of the time we live a voicemail 
And I know that after your training, our return calls back increased. It was like by, it was ungodly. It was like 30%. It was just, and I wish I could remember the exact number. I'm sorry. I'll have to go back and do the research again. Well, 30-ish. 30-ish. It was 30-ish. Very so, I mean, that's significant in my world. And in any sales world. If you're in sales, you have to get your call returned. Yes. Or you aren't moving forward. Exactly. you got yeah. to get people on the phone. So some of the ways to do that that I have found that help people get that call returned is to slow down. We don't even realize it. Especially if you're in sales, you either have a script in front of you or you have something in your head that you're like, oh, when I leave a message, I need to give you my phone number. I need to um, tell you the job I'm calling about and um, I need to give you my name. Well, we know those pieces, but what happens is we say it so fast that not even Siri and all of her <laughs> wisdom can understand what we're saying to translate it. <laughs> so it's one big blur. I, uh, uh, hi, uh, hi, yeah, no, Siri picks that up fine. Yeah. Hi, I'm Melanie Murphy. I'm calling about such and such, and I was hoping you could give me a call back at blah, 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 blah. No, nobody can understand right. that. And here's a tip. You know your name, but if you're calling me, especially if you're a recruiter, I don't know you. So first of all, I probably don't have a reason to pick up the phone. Right. Sorry. So I'm counting on your voicemail to be able to be translated because in this day and time, we look at the transcription to decide. Yes. yes. So if you're talking too fast for transcription to be able to pick up your content, you're talking too fast. Starting with your name. Slow down when you say your name. I love that. And you know what? And I've never really thought about that as a reason for slowing down is you're right. People look at the transcription. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Yeah. So, and you want to know who's calling you so the very first thing you need to be able to be saying slowly is your name and I'm, I'm probably the worst about it i'm gonna i think i'm gonna call and leave you a message so you can transcribe it and tell me if it transcribes properly i'll, I'll screenshot the transcription <laughs> you can see we'll see i bet happens. you get an a oh, you think so i, I bet it's because i went through your training you have the tips now <laughs> and, and, and i thought another interesting thing that you did in the training was you had a sheet of paper and um you had one of my recruiters read to see if he was speaking too quickly. Because we already knew he did. Exactly. That's <laughs> <laughs> why we're like, you, go. <laughs> and we have a tendency, especially when we're following a script or we're really nervous, mm -hmm. we talk faster because we're getting through the information. Right. Especially when we have a number of sales calls we have to make in a day. Yes. So uh, I do, I have this great video that walks you through to see how fast you actually talk. Um, and I'm happy to make that available to your listeners oh, if they'd awesome. like to do the little test. It's just a real easy okay. piece where they watch me do the script and then they have the script underneath it and you video yourself to see how fast am I actually talking. So, how come I haven't seen that? I've been holding out on you. Oh it's my gosh. That was going to be like for my next birthday, right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> today, today's the day. Today's the day. Awesome. We'll make sure we get that in the show notes Perfect. so that people can access yeah. it. So. You help others sound confident and reveal competence and highlight their capability, all with voice image. How does a strengthened voice image contribute to the way you present yourself and your ability to build trust with others quickly? Sure. So we trust people um, that we can relate to. Mm -hmm. And if I can't understand you or you sound really unconfident, I might struggle to relate to you and then build that trust. So when I work with somebody on their voice image, we're working on their confidence, or at least sounding confident. <laughs> because I think we've all had fake it moments in life. 
but we have to because yeah. it if I'm giving a presentation, my nerves may be high, but that doesn't give me an out. I still have to do it. Mm -hmm. So sounding confident is one of those ways that um, helps you reach over that hurdle and then build that trust that you need to, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or in front of a small group or a big presentation environment. So that's really interesting that you said that about building trust. And a lot of our clients start with a phone interview with and candidates and you had some really good tips for my recruiters for when you're on the phone so you know how what, what are some tips you could give us to help us coach those candidates who are doing the first initial phone interview what can they do to sound sure. confident and and recognizing they probably will have a little bit of nerves right going on maybe even just encouraging them to do some basic breathing because when um, we get enough air that supports our voice. And when our voice has enough air to be supported, it sounds more confident. So the first one would be sound confident by getting enough air. The second one would be, it's so simple. And I even feel silly, like acknowledging it. Like this is, here's a tip of all tips, a secret <laughs> tip. It's not that secretive. End on a down note. When we get nervous, our, our vocal cues tend to go up, especially when we're answering questions that we hope are the correct answers. Right. So we're answering these questions like, right? <laughs> we hope it's the right answer. So end on a down note will help you sound more confident. Instead of saying like, uh, my track record is to get 30 calls returned within 24 hours, is within 24 hours is gonna automatically sell that it's like, he believes what he's saying. Yep, So he's not questioning helps. himself. Yeah, so get that breath support, end on a down note, and then take a break, take a breath. And then maybe you would agree as a recruiter, I find it really effective, don't be afraid to ask a question. Like return the volley mm -hmm. so that it makes, I'm fully engaged if I'm asking you questions and you're asking me questions. Absolutely. In fact, and I just want to, I've said this before on the podcast, but I want to throw this little piece of advice out there to the candidates. You should always have three to five questions in these three categories before you ever walk into an interview. And that's, you want questions about the company. You want questions about the culture. And you want questions about the position itself. And the reason you want so many is because some of those are going to be asked organically throughout the conversation. And you do not want to get to the end of the interview and not have questions. Yes, because questions equal, I've thought this through. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes sense. And let's talk about you. You said that you need to have that breath support. And I know that you have a technique, and I'm not going to call it what I call it. <laughs> I'll call it what I call it. Okay, well, you call it what you call it. I call it stand to your feet. To breathe through your seat and your seat is your butt so it's breathe through your butt that's what i know and i love it everybody's yeah, like you know? it is it, it, there's a time in my life when i was speaking for a living my background was broadcast journalism i had come out of that and full-time into voiceover and i already knew that i needed help with my air i i I've been a talker all my days, but I just knew I would need that support. So I worked with a speech pathologist for about a year. And as a result of working with her on breathing, we tried so many things and I couldn't get my brain to engage with my diaphragm so that I could get that deep breath that I needed. So as a result of research after research after research and trying all these different things, it was 
it's, it's a little embarrassing that it took me that long to figure it out. How to but breathe. How to breathe. <laughs> but it worked out because I developed a technique as a process that yes. helps engage where you can really feel your diaphragm when you remove the just focusing on, on that stomach and that muscle. And so your brain and your diaphragm can engage when you use this technique. Which is a fun one. It is a fun one. And I, I, I can't demonstrate. I cannot demonstrate it here. <laughs> but there are some fun videos that are it's also totally available. G, guys. We'll it's totally it. G, guys. It's totally G. It's totally G. Keep your clothes on. But it is. Uh, but we'll, we'll throw that in the show notes, too, so that you okay. can see it. Okay. But, That's awesome. Yeah, because I love that. And I'm like, I always think I'm being such a bad girl when I'm telling people. I'm like, I learned how to breathe through my butt. <laughs> <laughs> but that technique does actually help you engage your breathing which when you engage your breathing, it helps calm your nerves. Yes. So before you do your next interview, breathe through your butt. <laughs> Go watch the video. <laughs> That's awesome. So your voice is key to how you share and convey your emotions. Um, in high stress situations, like going to ask for a raise or, you know, having to, you know, selling a dispute with a coworker, how can you control your emotions to ensure that you get your point across? I think that there's two different things that come to mind. One, when you're caught off guard and, and your emotions can flare, uh, just being sure to take just a moment to say, give me a second, and mm -hmm. then take a couple of breaths. If you're going in and you know it's going to be a high-tit situation, especially if there's a confrontation or mm -hmm. it feels confrontational, do the breathing. Do some breathing to um, allow that air um, to help you calm down, and then Lower your voice just a little bit mm -hmm. because that will cause somebody to lean in a little bit more. Oh. And that automatically feels just a little bit more intimate, whereas you're not barking at them. Because sometimes we have got in our mind these points that we need to cover, especially if we're offended by something and another thing. And it can come out. <laughs> That's like how that. I do it. Yeah. And we don't mean to throw right. up, but um, just reduce your volume. Be very aware that your volume, if you'll reduce it a little bit, it does soften what you're saying. I just realized what my boyfriend Steve has been doing. Is Steve the master of that technique? He is the master of that technique. He gets super quiet and I'm like, what? You know? <laughs> so, got you figured out, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So, another aspect of voice image you cover is the speed and we talked about that. But I often interview people that do talk. So how do we get them? And, and I can't get a word in edgewise. I'm like waiting for them to breathe so that I can interrupt. What? And, and that doesn't create a good impression. So what advice would you have for them? That they're just too talkative? Yes. That question. Being sure to ask a question. Okay. Helping them learn that your answer matters. Yes. We want you to communicate. But then um, probably halfway through ask a question and then that's gonna that's gonna automatically cut you off so just recognize you're gonna talk you're gonna give your answer and then you're gonna ask a question so that it goes back to the other person wouldn't you think that that might help a conversation move along I think it would help it tremendously but <clears throat> so when I'm talking to candidates I just had one the other day that literally we're in the interview and and I say the other day it's been a while but not anyway we're in the interview, and this person is talking and talking. And I'm seriously about to go to sleep. I'm so checked out of this conversation. I'm probably nervous. That's probably part I don't of it. think so. Oh, they're just a talker. <laughs> yeah. So how, what would you say to that person to, 
I'm, and this Shut was an older up. person. No, I'm just kidding. I've thought about that sometimes. I'm like, that's not appropriate. Please breathe. Please breathe so I can get a word in edgewise. Are you coaching them? Like they're going to be interviewed by somebody else. So I it's do. appropriate for you to offer them information. I, I absolutely do coach them. And I want them to know, just like you said, but I think that's great that you ask them a question or that you can, um, I, I just, but it's that initial conversation trying to get the word in edgewise. So I know that as a recruiter, you're looking for information to be offered. Like you don't want just yes or no answers, mm -mm. but perhaps encouraging them. I need you to give half the information you would typically give as concise as possible and then ask a question or just say, of course, that story goes on if you ever wanted to know more. Help them, Oh, I like that. Help them figure out ways to be more concise. Like, now, I have a long-winded version, but I'm going to give you the short, short version. So if you need more on that, you just let me know. That's really good. And I think that it's important. I had an interview earlier um, this week that this it's important to establish that rapport, and we do that with the way that we communicate with our voice, right? Mm -hmm. And I had a candidate that was um, immediately, you know, picking up on what was important to me because of the inflection of my voice and started asking me questions about that. And I was like, I like this kid. You know, I immediately did. And, you know, we went a long way and I have no problem standing up in front of my client and championing him now. Nice. So, so let's talk a little bit about some of your keynote speak, speaking engagements. I know that you did one on networking. I do. I have a course that I've developed called The Networking Advantage. I work in a creative field as a voice actor. You don't probably go to a networking event and meet many voice talent. But I realized I'm not, I'm not the only person in the creative field, and they struggle. We struggle yeah. sometimes yeah. to communicate what it is that we do in this creative realm. And how do you meet somebody's need in that. So I developed a course called The Networking Advantage, and it's specifically for freelancers that are in creative fields. But I was able to develop that because I treaded all that ground being a creative and being in networking circles and figuring out what, what doesn't work. And so, yes, networking is one of the topics that I... I frequently get asked to speak on, not because it's necessarily my expertise, my expertise is in voice image and voiceover, but it's because I had jumped out there and did it and then I figured out how to do it well and people were noticing and asking. That is awesome. That is so <laughs> awesome because I know that when you were going to do that, so this is an actual course that you have? Mm -hmm. it is, is it online as well? It is. And uh, it's almost done it's literally being Jeez. uploaded i know right wow by the time people watch this i bet it'll be it'll be up okay be up. well we'll it's make like, sure that <laughs> any any labor of love is a labor it's been laborious so and what is it and worth it so and how long so like the intro that you did for us how long does something like that take you to create well it and it depends is the answer because you might remember when you requested the intro i gave you a couple of different variations at the beginning correct and you said i just need one what is this i did and not understand i know I, I wanted to help you understand and so i said give it to your people and they will know, <laughs> they know what, what to do with it and it was so that they could have options so an intro and outros is pretty brief but I do a ton of educational training, and that takes a lot longer. <laughs> I'm in the booth. I mean, compliance training. Oh, shoot me! It is. It is. It's. It's hard for you to listen to. It's not hard for me to voice. But I recognize the whole point of me being paid to do it is so that it's engaging. Yeah. So that you don't. 
fall asleep in the middle of it. a great fake snore. <laughs> I think I learned that from Sesame Street. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway. So uh, it just depends is the answer. Okay. If it's a commercial, for instance, um, it was hired by Samsung to do a video, and uh, the content itself is 90 seconds. I was in studio for two hours because they want to be able to go all the way through it, and then they want three variations of this line, and then three variations of this, and then so it it takes time. But that's all of what we do as a business. We want to be communicated and represented the best we can. Yeah. Just like I'm helping people with voice image and being hired to be somebody's brand voice, they want to make sure it truly represents them. Well, you did a great job representing well, our brand you. voice. I was so proud of it. So, and kind of going back to you know, being an MC, and I know you MC a lot at our Success North Dallas that we both belong to, but in keynote speaker, you know a thing or two about public speaking, I think, because you've done it for a while. How is speaking in a public forum different from speaking to others, like on a one-on-one -on -one basis? And what changes should someone make to their voice image to make sure ensure they communicate effectively in a public setting? So when it's you and me, like in an environment like this, my voice doesn't need to carry as much. And if we're using a microphone, it, it still probably doesn't need to. Mm -hmm. But I'm maybe a little less cognizant of my voice in this environment because I'm not looking to sway you. Right. I'm just looking to, to be conversational. Right. When you're on stage and you're presenting something, you probably are carrying a message. So it feels a little weightier. You want to make sure that you are in your best mm -hmm. frame of mind to present it. So I would say that just, just the atmosphere and the tone in general is going to be a little bit different. And then remind me the question, was it like how do we... What changes should someone make in their to make oh. to their voice image to ensure they communicate effectively so in each? I don't even know if you need to change your voice image unless you already know you have some things you need to mm -hmm. work on. It is putting yourself so that you're communicating your actual voice because when we get nervous, our throat gets tight. Sometimes it's really tight right now. Sometimes <laughs> our pitch will go up, and there's times when I've heard myself and I'm like. Who was that timid seventh grader? <laughs> she sounds so incapable. It was me. It was, and it was me nervous. So learning how to relax my voice, doing some breathing before I go on stage, stretching my body so that I'm I'm ready to go, and then dropping my voice just a little bit within my range. Right. I mean, we're not trying to convince anybody that I'm not me. We just want it to be me instead of me. <laughs> uh, just so being aware of that, that all of those nervous factors will affect. So right. when you're one-on-one, -on -one, you're more cash. When you're on stage, you probably are a little more nervous. Yeah, and I have not had the opportunity yet to be on the big stage, you know, addressing a lot of people. But I know that when that day comes, you're going to have to help me. I'll be there. I'm your girl. <laughs> I know you are. So let's go back to the confetti moments again. And, you know, the place in our lives where we have set and met a goal in our life, that's what you call it. How important is it to regularly set and assess goals in order to succeed? And what is one goal you are working towards right now? Oh, my gosh. That felt like a lot of personal information right there. Oh, come on. Uh, okay. So confetti moments came out of looking around in my life and seeing very successful people meet something and then keep moving. And I realized I was doing the same thing. Mm. I'd say check mark and then I'd say what's next what what's next on my list? Yep. And I wasn't taking those moments that took some of them years to get to. And 
honoring them. So confetti moments are those things that are, they're the big daddy things you worked for. They took time, energy, money, sacrifice, and now that you're there, you need to stop and acknowledge them. So that's where confetti moments came from. Love it. Uh-huh. And then um, I think probably one of my next confetti moments is, well, the publication of The Networking Advantage. That's awesome. I'm working on a book that's The Voice Advantage. And there's Love a course it. that goes with that as well. And both of those things, those three areas are long time coming. They weren't just like, you know what, I'm going to write a book. Let me get a pen. <laughs> they, they took time and energy and they're a reflection of what I've invested in. So those will definitely be celebration moments for so, sure. So the book, this is the book you've been telling me about that you've been alluding to? Yeah, y- yes, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming, right? All good things. Uh, they take time. <laughs> So how far along on the book are you? I have two versions of the book. Here's the Finished? No, that's cute. Oh. That would be great. (laughs) No. Uh, The first one is a tip book. Okay. Because there's some things, I mean, we just need to be able to digest quickly tips to help us to have the advantage with our voice. And the other one is more research-based. Okay. So the first one will be the tip book, and that should be out in the summer. Awesome. Uh Uh-huh. And then the other one, I don't want to put a deadline on it because I don't like being a liar. (laughs) (laughs) At least you're honest. (laughs) Okay. Well, we have gotten to the fun part. Not that this hasn't been fun all along, but I love these last questions that we ask our VIP questions. So are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. If you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? I would take Andrew Murphy as my husband. Yeah, you got to take him. Well, not just because he's good looking and um, I like his. uh, (laughs) He is wildly handy. So I am confident Uh whatever we could encounter, his problem solving abilities would help us navigate easier. So him. And then um, I'm torn between pizza and cheeseburgers. Gosh, <laughs> we'll go with pizza. I feel okay. like uh, uh, pizza. It is comfort food. Um, and then I'm a third one, a person or a thing. Person or a thing. You don't have any cats or dogs. No, so no, no. I got no attachments there. The- um, my bed. Okay. It was torn it's between my bed and Ellen DeGeneres. Sorry. Ellen. Oh, she would have been. She's fun. so fun. Yeah. Okay. I- I'd like Are to you- amend my answer to be. Um, Ellen, and she's thrilled to come with me. She can hardly wait. <laughs> we should get her on the show and see what she thinks about it. Yeah, that she almost lost out to my bed. Right? <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, what is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? I brush my teeth. That's winning. That's winning. Um, but I would say what leads me to success is... I try to have a stop down before my day even really starts mm-hmm. where I uh, read scripture, I get intentional about like what what am I asking for in the day in life and then I, I pray and those are just the, and I don't take a long time on it, but I do them every morning. That is awesome. I love it. And you know, I, I'm going to tell you that your answer doesn't surprise me because the most successful people that I've interviewed all have some sort of morning quiet ritual, whether it's meditation, prayer, scripture reading, it's something of that nature. Intention. Intention, yeah. They're focused. Yeah. All right, so our final question. Okay. Okay. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, 
what would the headline be? It would read. Ooh, get ready. Above the fold. More than a voice. From childhood chatterbox to corporate communicator. <laughs> Melanie helped brands and professionals improve their voice image. Including me. <laughs> so how do people get in touch with you, Melanie? You're welcome to jump on my website, melaniemurphyvo.com. You'll hear samples of work and see companies I've had the opportunity to work with. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of my business, melaniemurphyspeaks.com. You'll find me there as well. That's where your keynotes, that's where they can book you as a keynote speaker and MC or whatever. Yep. Reach out uh, on either of those sites. I'd, I'd love to connect with you. That is so awesome. You know what? This has been so much fun, and I am so thankful that you said yes to coming on the podcast, especially. I'm thankful you said yes to doing the intro and the outro, and I'm thankful that you are my friend, and I'm thankful that you're here sharing so many tips and tricks and your wisdom on having a confident voice. So I just have one last thing to say to you, Miss Murphy. You are a VIP. Aw, thanks. I feel it. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.